Welcome to the Stakeholders Podcast, the show where we try to answer the question, what's at stake? We dive into how an organization's pursuit of their objectives affect or are affected by the people. Our guests come from the private industry, government, education, and more to discuss how they manage with their stakeholders in mind to achieve long-term success. On today's episode, we're joined by Dr. Maria Ballesteros Sola. She is currently the Assistant Professor of Management at CSU Channel Islands. And uh, Maria, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, thank you, Andy. First thing, um, I'm so excited about your new podcast, and I, I appreciate that you want to raise awareness about stakeholders and stakeholder management. So thank you for having me here. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm an assistant professor of management at Cal State University, Channel Island, and I moved to California around 14 years ago, and I come from a background of um, corporate um, management consulting. I did financial services. And something that I, I, I think is relevant is that for many years, I was engaged in the corporate world. Uh, I work in uh, Europe, in Spain, London, uh, Boston, Mexico. And I was doing all these activities for my for the companies that actually pay my, my salary. But at night, I was always volunteering. And I have this, um, no, a double life, but it was, I am working for a company my goal is to make money and then um, my my social mission get delivered through my engagement with nonprofits so this happened for many 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 years but then when I I started to teach as a lecturer in Channel Island um, in 2007 and in 2010 we welcome uh, Professor Mohammed Yunus, the Nobel Peace Prize with Grameen Bank in 2006 to our campus. And this, um, this professor really speaks in a very simple way, but he's really communicate very profound um, things. And what he said is that making money and making good should not be incompatible and that you can use business as a force for good. So for me, that was a revelation and it's the first time that I was able to put those two hats that I've been carrying for many years, right? Like working for a corporation during the day and volunteer for a nonprofit. I could actually put it together um, into this idea of um, social enterprise or hybrid enterprise. So I started researching and that has been become my occupation in the last almost, you know, 14 years from a researching perspective and from a teaching perspective. You know, that's really funny. You said it about uh, Professor Muhammad, you said? Muhammad Yunus, yeah. Muhammad Yunus, because th that's kind of what you did for me in a certain way, because I think that like I was first talking to you about Patagonia and I think that then we had that directed study course that I did with you and you really kind of opened up this whole new world of what B corporations really are because when I first started researching it, I thought they were just trying to do good for the environment. But the fact is, it's like it's such a bigger concept than just saving the environment or the climate. Um, so, yeah, you kind of did for me what you, the other professor did for you. Well, <laughs> I, I take the honor and I take the compliment, but I don't think I can even reach to the, to the shoe of uh, Professor Mohammed Yunus, but it's an honor. That's really cool, though. And I think Channel Islands is such a unique school because it's given like a lot of opportunity for uh, these concepts to grow as well. Um, and I know that you're involved with the B Lab and B Corporation world. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that and how you found out about it and your growth in there? Mm -hmm. So uh, 
as mentioned before, I start teaching our um, social business and social entrepreneurship classes um, at Channel Island. So in 2013, Patagonia actually organized um, an event and invited people from the area and some of our um, local B Corps. And I attended the event, but I also had a student in one of my classes, an amazing uh, very smart young man that actually founded his own company and also got the certification. So we were able to, in this um, event, be together with some of our other local uh, B Corps. And I want to mention the refill shop in downtown Ventura. Michelle Steven is, is an amazing entrepreneur. Um, she's also a pioneer of the the idea of reducing our waste, um, and she was also in that event. So I was able to, to finally, after all those years, just researching this idea of hybrid organizations that are merging, obviously, um, a financial goal, but also with a social goal and environmental goal. When I learned more about the B Corp certification, and we can go into the details, I said, well, finally, I can put some boundaries to this organizations that I'm studying, right? Before discovering B Corps, everything was like an spectrum. You could be a for-profit, you could be a non-profit. You could call yourself a, a social enterprise, right? You're like, I am a social enterprise and no one could really verify that. So I felt that when I discovered the uh, B Corp certification, I'm finally said, okay, either you are a big core, but you are not because you have gone through the process and we can talk in detail about that. So that would get me really excited. And also because of my engagement in the community, my own student having, um, actually he got 152 points uh, out of the first try in the, in the certification. So the, the whole idea of knowing that there is these entrepreneurs leading the way and, and what I discovered later in terms of the movement and other, other academics across um, the world that are also teaching, researching, and engaging co with the community around the idea of this certification. That's really cool. And uh, just for those of you who don't know, uh, to become a B Corporation, you have to go through a certification process that's out of 200 points. And if you get less than 80, if I'm correct, it's still 80? Yeah, yeah, that's the threshold. Uh, yes. You do become certified, otherwise you do not. And actually getting 150 is not an easy task. So that's actually really impressive from your... No, in the first try, yeah. Um, the, the way you actually get those those points is through taking something uh, called the B Impact Assessment, and this actually is a free tool. If any anyone hearing is curious, you can go online, find the tool, you get an account, um, and you start answering questions. This Impact Assessment is organized. A, along five dimensions. So you're going to get questions that relate to how you are managing um, uh, your energy use, usage, uh, your supply chain. So questions that relate to the environment as one of the five dimensions. The second set of questions will relate about the community. Uh, if you are using certain type of suppliers, if you are engaging um, with nonprofits in the area. You're also be going um, to get a lot of questions about your 
customers and your customer uh, practice. If you give, uh, obviously, opportunities for your customer to give you feedback, you have quality surveys. The fourth dimension relate to governance. If you have the mission, actually bake it into uh, your article for, of incorporation. And again, we can also talk about the legal aspects of uh, the B Corp movement. And finally, they are also going to be asking you how you uh, treat your workers, right? And if you are paying a living wage versus a minimum wage, if you have some support for uh, parental leave, uh, pay holidays, um, and, and other uh, benefits. And, and of course, if you have uh, practice when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So through this survey, you're going to be answering questions that relate to those five dimensions. And as you mentioned, once you get to 80 points, you can start the process. It's not like you get automatically certified because BLAP is going to be in touch with you, is going to ask you to submit uh, certain documents. Um, and then, of course, there is an annual fee um, that you will have to pay based on your revenues to, to get the certification. Yeah, and the one thing that really stood out to me, especially when I was first learning about this, was actually that this sort of becomes part of your company. It is not something that the company does after its revenues have come in and they're not donating money just from their profits or whatever. This is part of the company itself. It is not a PR stunt. And I think it's such an interesting and cool and exciting concept. Yeah, and you, you, yeah. no, if I can build on that, you're saying something that is critical um some people ask me what is different about the b core certification versus either other green labels right if you think there are like fair trade or, or you have usd organic or the leaping bunny um and i get that question a lot and one thing i want to clarify is the b core certification force you to review all your business practice, uh, your strategy, your operations. So you are not just certifying a product. Like I can say that my coffee is fair trade, but the fair trade doesn't really tell you the story of how the rest of the company get managed. But when you get the B Corp certification, you can have the certainty that the whole company in those five dimensions that I, I, I just said, are really um, keeping these sustainable principles, you know, in high regard. They are implementing them. And the second question that I get a lot uh, related to B Corp and the CSR. People ask me, is uh, this certification just like CSR? And something I'd like to clarify that um, many times, especially in the early days, what companies were doing is just running the company and their operations they, the way that they, they were doing with this uh, profit maximization objective. And then maybe at the end of the year, they were just doing a really nice donation to a, a nonprofit. Right. And, and that was a philanthropic effort. And by the way, I hope companies keep doing that. I, I don't want to say that's, that's a negative, but that has nothing to do with your operation. And what you were pointing out is that when a company gets certified, they are baking those principles for um, sustainability from a social and environmental perspective into the day to day operations. So they actually making changes on how they run the company based on what they want to achieve versus again just be uh, an afterthought like i i again i'm a, a 
driven by uh, maximizing my profits and um, I do a feel good activity at the end of the year, B Corp certification and these companies is a totally different approach. On my day-to-day -day operations, I'm taking decisions that are aligned with those um, sustainable principles. Yeah, and I think it's also really important to note that there are a lot of different types of B corporations. For example, I, like I think I already mentioned, I dived into Patagonia and like what they were doing for their environment and the climate. But for example, our directed study that we did together were helping a children's camp um, get set up as a B corporation. And they were talking about how they were helping um, <clears throat> the children in the community uh, to actually get better and they were trying to pay if i remember correctly they were trying to pay their employees living wages and they were trying to give different types of actual um better uh better working conditions as well so there are a, a wide variety of uh businesses yeah I, I think that's one of the the strength of the certification that it has attracted many different type of companies like you were pointing out. The only thing that uh, B-Lab, which is the nonprofit that gives the certification, is that you are actually a for-profit. So I want to make that very clear because I also get that question a lot. We are a 501c3, we are a nonprofit, can we get certified? And the, the answer is no. What B-Lab allow you to do is to actually take the assessment. So you can go to the website, even as a nonprofit, and take the impact assessment and just try to figure out how you score and what things you can do uh, better. The certification, you have to be a for-profit. Um, and when I say for-profit, everything in the spectrum from a sole proprietorship all the way to a, a C-Corp and of course a benefit corporation um, if you were to, to incorporate and such, if your estate has that uh, legal status. Um, but in terms of products uh, versus services, industries, even countries, the certification is now available in 71 countries and, and the movement is growing. So we, we hope to reach out to even more countries, but certainly, all the industries are represented. You even have publicly traded companies that are um, B Corp certified, which is big for the movement. Well, uh, what are some of those uh, publicly traded companies? I know you've brought up that there, uh, there's a couple of IPOs, and this is off camera and off mic, but I'm actually kind of want to hear who those companies are now. Okay, so it's very exciting. The first um, B Corp and Benefit Corporation that um, became um, publicly traded was Laureate Education. This is a network of private universities that they are also in, in many, many countries. Uh, they are headquarters in Maryland and they decided to um, get the certification. They also um, changed their legal status to become a benefit corporation and, and they have their IPO after. Um, and after those, this, this uh, year in 2020, we had Vital Farms and Lemonade, an insurance company that also went public. So I think that's, that's big for the movement. Um, the movement started in 2006, so that's when B-Lab incorporated in Philadelphia, and we had the first B Corps in 2007. So we're talking now about 13 years, and it's only in the last two to three years that we are seeing that multinational corporations and, and bigger companies are getting an interest in the certification. So even for, from the consumer perspective, for many years, I've been showing my friends the, the B Corp, the 
the the seal and it's it's not well recognized yet by the consumer but i seen since companies like danon the yogurt company the french yogurt company that is of course well established in the us since it's a big name and some of the Unilever um, also subsidiaries like Ben and Jerry, those are putting the B and the B Corp uh, still in front of the consumer. So I think it's good for the movement that we are getting, you know, a broader interest from bigger companies. That's actually like a lot of really good information. I appreciate that. And Ben and Jerry's is a really cool company that has done a lot of really cool stuff for the world. And I, for one, didn't know that they were a B Corporation until I took your class. Now, I know that B Lab has a lot of conferences that they hold, and you were even involved with your own academic part of the stakeholder industry. Would you like to dive a little bit more into um, what that is for you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um... I give kudos to to B Lab and the three founders because they are obviously business people. And from the beginning, they knew that just by issuing certification, they were not going to really accomplish their overall goal, which is to create system chains. Um, and what they did from the beginning is to try to engage with different stakeholders. So in in this contest, if you think about professors, right, and academics, I mean we we research, we teach, we engage with the community. So I think that it was very wise of them, and of course we, we were excited on our end, to try to work together to see how we can actually um, become advocates uh, from the movement. And when I say advocate, I mean, we still keep a, a critical eye, and, and obviously as we write our research, we don't wanna compromise our objectivity, but we, we want our students to know about the big corp and sustainable business practice and i always tell um when i talk to the people at vlab if you think about how many professors are involved in our group and i, I talk briefly now about the academics and how many uh, new students we reach out on a given semester and if we just mention the the b core certification we're talking about an impact of million of new uh, of, of new students and new consumers that are learning about a certification. So basically what the B Academic started to do was to meet the day before the, the annual B-Lab uh, is called B Corp Champion Retreat. So this is when B-Lab invite um, the B Corps and they have a fantastic two or three days of uh, best practicing engagement and, and what works, what doesn't work, how, how can the movement get a broader audience. So the professors, the, the academics, we meet the day before in a more research teaching based conference. Um, and it's very interesting because in the last, it's been a gradual process, but we went from almost not being very welcome, like what is a professor doing in our conference to actually receive an award last year in, in Los Angeles. The conference was in Hollywood and um, the academics, which is a, the group that I have founded with my colleagues from all over the world, we were recognized and, and one of the advocates for the movement. So also after working with my uh, other professors and other colleagues for four or five years informally, we decided to finally incorporate last year and we became a 501c3. It's called Be Academics. Everyone can check uh, our website, beacademics.org. And we do 
try again to advance the movement of business as a force for good by um, improving and sharing our teaching practice by also improve our research and access to data. And we also run, um, as you were able to experience, this big core impact clinics on different campus when we engage with the community to, uh, to really help companies evaluate if the certification is uh, from for them or is, is a valuable tool for them. Um, actually, we got the support from, from Channel Island. The MBA school is one of the funding uh, institutional members of the B academics. And we just finished our um, annual conference, August 5th. I invite everyone to check on the website some of the presentations that took place. Um, and we are very excited to, you know, to keep growing and hopefully recruit more members across the world. And yeah, it's actually really cool that B-Lab is recognizing educators now. It's crazy to think that as a professor, you weren't as welcome as you are now because honestly, you're educating the next generation of business people. I think that's like a very important part of the process. Um, and especially now with coronavirus and COVID, and I'm, I'm kind of dating this podcast now talking about this, but it is a very big pivot point for a lot of businesses. Have you seen... B corporations or the business industry in general, just how they're performing with COVID? I'm glad you're asking that question, Andy, because I think we are in a, in a very, very interesting time. I, I think this pause, uh, forced pause for many companies is, is really bringing the question about if, if companies have an obligation to behave in prosocial ways. And I'm talking about, of course, um, COVID, but I'm also talking about uh, the Black Lives Matters movement, right? It's, 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 it's a moral case to be made about how companies should um, behave, but it's also about how they run uh, their strategy and their operational effectiveness. So in this context of, okay, what is the role of the responsibility of business that we are all asking each other? I think the big course were better prepared to say, yes, we have to behave in prosocial ways and we have a responsibility to our stakeholders. Um, and it's almost like things that are already embedded into the impact assessment that I was referring before. If you think about the uh, employee dimensions and how they uh, really value any diversity, equity, and inclusion practice that the companies have, they've been doing that for 12, 13 years, right? And, and now uh, these practices are in everyone uh, or every HR um, director desk, right? Because things need to change in, in, in how business are running their company. So if uh, this is the optimistic in me, and I want to be cautiously optimistic that um, the, the situation that we are dealing with because of corona and, and this social unrest is going to really be a good opportunity for B Corps to turn the world. We have been following responsible principles for many years now and we are running our companies for our um, shareholders of course but also for our broader stakeholders and, and we are here for the long term. Many of them have done um, changes obviously and, and like many other business they have to ha 
pivot their their operations and and even chain product or services that they were offering but for me the most important um, takeaway is that they are showing the world that there is a different way of doing um, they were doing things and run their business and that's not incompatible with the bottom line so they are really a manifestation of the, the triple bottom line principles because they are caring about people planet and of course profit i, I want to make that clear this is not charity and no money no honey so these companies um through their uh, the financial uh, performance are uh, proving that you can be uh, a good um, corporate citizen. Yeah, and I think that's actually really important to comment because I feel like consumers are becoming smarter. They have more information. The internet has like really allowed this new consumer company relationship. And you brought up the Black Lives Matter movement. And the fact is that there's some companies out there who are very big who are actually putting out information about the statistics of the their employees ethnicity and it's like they're calling themselves out be like we need to be better it's hiring other ethnic groups and i think that's a really powerful statement because that's that's not an easy thing to do for a company because you're kind of saying we're part of the problem <laughs> so I, I do see what you're saying and at the same time companies have to make real choices to make the world better because consumers are also becoming smarter about seeing what's real and what's not what's a fake pr stunt as long as they walk their talk, I think we will be moving in the right direction. Exactly. Well, Dr. Ballesterosola, I really appreciate your time. And if do you have any final thoughts, any final statements you would like to make before we sign off today? Um, no, I want to thank you for um, starting this podcast and bringing awareness and giving voices to a lot of people in our community that are doing really good work, um, either a big corp operations of course that we have uh, a few but also people that in the day-to-day -day job um, no matter what sector you know it could be on the nonprofit sector or government or, or for-profit private sector they're really good work so again I, I want to um, congratulate you and, and be optimistic that despite of the adversity that we are facing um, that hopefully how we come out of this is it's in a better way because we are resetting some of the uh, principles that have been driving our economy. I 100% agree. Again, thank you very much. And I will see the rest of you in our next episode.